0: Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Uh, I'm Kelso. Hi.
1: And I'm Kyla.
2: And I'm Carl.
0: And we did... This has been a two weeks. We're on time this time. What? I think, that, right?
1: Is that, that, that never true? happens. That is true. <laughs>
0: I know. <laughs> Good job, gang. We, d- we done did it.
1: Yeah, all we have to do really is pick games that are like six hours or less. Like, we need to be picking shorter games.
0: Yeah, that's fair, but that's also limiting. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's so many good games that are like 10 to 12 hours long where we're like, we can do that in two weeks. And then it turns out we cannot do that in two weeks.
0: Yeah. Hell, I mean, we played Grounded for the last podcast and I spent the vast majority of the the current two weeks still just playing Grounded.
1: Nice. Um, And I still
0: haven't haven't beaten it. Um, (laughs) But I'm very close.
1: Did you at least get into some of the labs? yes okay
0: no at this point i'm i'm getting into like the 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 secret final lab um okay, cool i like got to it and i'm about to start exploring it but then i went off and did a bunch of other stuff um <laughs> so that's you know as you do um yep. so that's where i'm at yeah cool um, well
1: i'm glad that stuck with you long enough to like continue it after the after the pod
0: yeah i think my my amended opinion is kind of a slow start but it really does pick up um, yeah
1: yeah, yeah it's only that. really does pick up like 40 hours in or whatever the
0: yeah whatever is. they say yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you gonna do um
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, i've been playing i've been spending the last week like non-stop just playing pokemon violet um in part because I do love me a Pokemon game, and in part because, like, now spoilers are all over my YouTube, and it's like, I can't watch any of these videos all the way through, I have to, like, finish this game first. Oh, no. Um, But I'm enjoying it so far. Like, it's... It, people are right to say that it is janky as fuck. It is janky as fuck. There, there's, there's, like, a lot of bugs. I've uh, seen... And,
0: yeah, I've seen some videos about just, like, how bad the pop-in is and the, how ugly the textures are. And
1: Yeah, there's, like, uh, well, the textures actually are, are not bad. Um, the, but, yeah, pop-in is really bad. There's a lot of, like, camera clipping through the world in weird spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, just weirdness with the camera in general. There's a lot of Pokemon The animations look
2: so bad.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, Pokemon clipping through in weird spots, there's a there's a lot of animation laud uh is the problem. Like it's the animations themselves are fine. It's just that they have reduced frame animations mm-hmm. for things in the distance or anytime like the frame rate is slowing down, and the frame rate has a lot of trouble. Um so you end up seeing those laud animations a lot, which is, you know, feels jarring and weird. Um I did have um Not a a crash bug, but, like, uh, at least one bug where I got stuck someplace and couldn't move, uh, where I had to quit and restart. Um, But honestly, like, all of the bugs, for the most part, have been aesthetic. It's nothing that makes the game unplayable. And the gameplay is, like, really fun. They've added some really great quality of life stuff that uh, I'm going to, like, it's going to be hard to go back and play older Pokemon games now without it, right? Um, That's how they get
0: you every single generation? I feel yep. like.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, like God, all the gym leader designs are so fucking good. I fought the ghost type gym leader uh yesterday, and she's freaking amazing. Um, she's like an older, middle-aged black woman who's like a rapper, and like her whole deal is like. She's the ghost gym leader, so she's got, like, these huge dreads that are in the shape of, like, a skeleton arm. Uh, it's, like, she's- Whoa. She's fantastic. I love her. Her name is Rhyme.
0: Yeah, that's pretty intense. I, you know, I am always, like, skeptical of people, um, saying about almost any game, like, the graphics are bad, so this is unplayable, but- Here's the thing, it basically does not matter at all for a Pokemon game. Um, like, like, yeah. And like, Ev is like that, my boyfriend is like that, where he's like, this game doesn't run at 60, so it's unplayable. I'm like, calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. Boss, okay?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, but, and, you know, I whatever. I mean, this is, there are points where this is like, uh, I could see like verging on unplayable. Like, you have to be very forgiving. <laughs> to not be at least distracted by some of the visual visual glitches. Yeah. Um like there's been times when a battle starts and like the the auto positioning for how we're going to fight the battle has placed like my character and the pokemon I'm facing are on the top of a tower but the poke- my pokemon is at the bottom of the tower. So the camera's like I don't know what the fuck you want from me.
0: That's pretty that's pretty good. I like that. I would like to see that. Um, but yeah, no, I get it. But at the end of the day, it's a Pokemon game. Like, the formula has changed not a lot since we were all rocking with our Game Boys, so.
1: Yeah. Yep. And and this one's open world, and it's fantastic. Like, the open (laughs) world aspects are really good. Um, it's not like you can visit... uh, We were hoping it was going to be like you can visit the gyms in any order, and it's definitely not that. There is, like, they are fixed level, and there is kind of a suggested order but it's loose enough that you can take, like, multiple different paths and kind of wander places and do whatever the fuck you want, and, like, it feels good. I'm really curious what route the speedrun is going to take.
0: Dare I say it, is this the Dark Souls of Pokemon games?
1: It's more like the Breath of the Wild of the Pokemon games. I guess, I guess, that, was Ar- I guess that was Arceus, actually, but uh, um, it's still uh, it's still good. Like, I like it. I like it a lot. Um,
2: the Arceus of Pokemon games.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, although I do have a, uh, you can get, because um, as usual, like the your all your Pokedex and your info and stuff is stored on your Rotom phone, which is like your little cell phone that's inhabited by the Pokemon Rotom. Um, and they let you uh, uh, customize it with different cases that you can buy. But if you have uh, save files from previous Pokemon games, you can get phone cases from those games, so I have the little ARC phone from Legends Arceus as my phone case. Oh, that's cute.
0: I like the idea of, like, putting a phone case on a Rotom so it's just like you're dressing up your phone. Like, it's not just a case, it's you're putting clothes on your phone.
1: You're putting clothes on your Pokemon.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: Yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, and, uh, I mean, we know Rotom likes to inhabit a variety of different, uh, Oh yeah, um, I
0: forgot. I forgot that that forms, was like the like whole a, gimmick of Rotom.
1: This whole thing, yeah. I what would be really funny to me is if they introduced battle forms that match the like non-battle forms they've introduced. Like if they had bicycle Rotom as like a form you could transform it into, or like well, I wouldn't. Rotom.
0: I wouldn't want to fight a sentient bicycle. Are you kidding me? That's that would be OP. I think that's why they haven't given bicycle Rotom battle powers.
1: Yeah.
2: Rather fight the bicycle than random small critters.
1: Well, you can do both. <laughs> Why not both? God, some of the new Pokemon introduced in this gen um, are are really good, and they're the naming game. Whoever like is in charge of doing the names and the like name puns for this gen is on point. There are some really good names. Like, we already knew about, uh, you know, Lechonk and Smoliv um, and Fido. Uh, there's a little Pokemon called Tandemouse, which is, uh, which is two mice, and then it evolves into Mousehold, which is four mice.
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I need to look Uh, at these. Yeah, I need to look these Pokemon up. Oh my god. I, uh, I I, I love Mousehold.
1: Yeah, mouse hold is great. Um there's a and it evolves without telling you. It just quietly evolves in the background. No <laughs> the two two little mice just show up and all of a sudden it's four mice. Or in a rare case it's three mice. Sometimes it will only be three mice. Oh my
0: uh, gosh.
1: There's a little there's a little like round spider stuck in a uh, in a ball of yarn called Tarantula. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I'm just, I'm still just looking at tandem mouse and mouse hold. Oh, so man. good, right? Oh man. I it's, like it.
1: it. The design in a way is just incredibly dumb because it's just like two of the same thing together and then four of the same thing together. But like so is, you know, Magneton and Doug Trio. Um, so I'm cool with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. So many of so many of Pokemon. Like there is already the precedent of Pokemon that's like it's the same, but now there's just more of them.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I like that one of them's wearing a little shirt and one of them's wearing little pants. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Right. No, I don't Muzz- want to get too distracted. Mousehold is great. Um But yeah, Nozzold and Tandem Mouse are very good. Uh yeah, if they uh If you level them up through, like, experience share, which is uh, always on by default in newer generations, Mm -hmm. then they just, they don't, they don't tell you that they're evolving. They just quietly do it. That's great. By the way, we are a family of four mice now.
0: See, that would trip me up because I also generally, as a general rule, don't nickname my Pokemon. So I'd be like, wait, what, what, where does my Tandemouse Oh, it's different now.
1: Yeah, I had that moment because I was because I had it in my party because I was trying to level it up. And I'm like, you know, leveling it up, leveling it up, and I'm like, okay, like you know, how what level is the sky at now? Like how much further do I have to go? And then I looked at it and it was a different Pokemon and I'm like, when did you level up? What happened? So good. Um, there are a lot of uh of new Pokemon um that level up in like interesting and weird ways in the new one. There's like three different ones that uh, evolve by you have to have them out walking with you a certain amount. There's a Pokemon called Bramblin, which is a little tumbleweed. Oh. Bramblin is very cute and has a great name. Nice. Um, and it's, it's weird. It's like a little tumbleweed with just two ghostly eyes in the center. <laughs>
0: Is this uh, like a a cousin of Tangela or something?
1: I don't know. They do. <laughs> they are doing a thing that I kind of like hate because I think they look so dumb. Um, which is like they're they're playing they're, for a couple of Pokemon. They're playing the convergent evolution angle, where it's the idea of like these look very similar to pre existing Pokemon, but they're un- completely unrelated. Um, so so, is, so
0: that's different from like how they have you know like the Alola form or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, so okay.
1: um because like uh one of them is they have a a thing that looks like Diglet, but Diglet is also in this game and is just normal Diglet. Um but there's also Wiglet, which is like a a white uh bendy Diglet that's supposed to look like um like one of those garden eels. Um if you've ever seen the where there's like a field of tiny eels in the sand and they stick out oh. like little, like yeah, little those stack. guys. Um,
2: it evolves into a bug trio,
1: it evolves into a wug trio, which is the stupidest thing. I hate it so much. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, that's not the best. That's not like, the best at all. Like,
1: it's almost so bad, it's like funny, good, but like, <laughs> it's. Because like at least Wiglet as a name makes sense cuz like oh it's like a diglet but it's wiggly. But like what the fuck is a Wug trio?
0: Well, I guess what the fuck is a wario or a waluigi? Yeah, I don't so... know.
1: There's also I they mean... did a they did a version of uh tentacool that like is a mushroom and walks on on its little tentacle feet and it's called uh toad school. Uh and evolves I'll take
0: that yeah
1: it evolves into toad scroll, which toad scroll actually looks pretty cool um but like that one's kind of eye rolling too toad school looks really dumb it's like it's funny, but I think it's like real bad um but I don't know everybody has very different opinions on uh on Pokemon there's the that old adage of like every Pokemon is someone's favorite pokemon um and that's like largely true i think so the designs that i think are bad like other people embrace and love and like i've i've heard i've seen people on youtube who, who like absolutely hate tandem mouse and i'm like how can you hate tandem mouse it's two tiny mice and then it becomes four tiny mice. how
2: do I, i'm not going to question how do like the mice breed or, is, like, is the Pokemon, like, several entities, or is it one entity that's several things?
1: Um, unclear. But that's also unclear about Dugtrio and Magneton, so... the I guess the Pokedex entry for Mouseholds is something about how, like, the two other ones just showed up one day, we're not sure if they're related. Um, I have this, like, pet conspiracy theory for Pokemon that, um... Humans in the Pokemon universe reproduce asexually, uh um, yeah,
0: that's fair
1: because they don't they have no idea like what sex is when or at least they have no idea where Pokemon eggs come from. They're like we just left two Pokemon or like alone for a while, and then an egg happened, and we don't understand where it came from, and also, your protagonist never has two parents, yeah your protagonist only ever has a mother, <laughs> so
0: yeah. That's a good that's a good theory. I like that. That's new headcanon unlocked.
1: Yeah. Humans reproduce asexually in the Pokemon universe. They have not discovered what sex is yet.
0: Good for them. <laughs> uh, all right. So we've done we've talked about Pokemon. Uh what what else is new, gang?
1: Oh, I got uh I got Escher some new plants.
0: His uh, his,
1: uh, his tank was looking really bare because his bromeliad died. It, like, rotted away because, um, like, the humidity changed when the, you know, weather changed and we had to start having the heating on in the house. Um, so the bromeliad did not like the new <laughs> regime and just completely rotted. Uh, so I got a different uh, smaller bromeliad that I'm putting in a better, hopefully better location for it. And I got a big uh, aglaonema, which is like a Chinese evergreen, and it's super bushy, and it's like green and white variegated leaves. And uh, we'll see how Azure likes it. So far, he's been—he seemed a little wary about it, but I gotta give him time to like explore and stuff. So, but now it's very like bushy and jungly in there. So, well,
0: that's good. Yeah, sounds like a good, good hangout for little man.
1: Yeah, he needs spaces to like hide and curl up. So,
0: well, Garth is yeah. sitting on on his desk bed right now, licking his butthole. Thank you, Garth.
1: <laughs> like cats do. I guess yeah. it was also he's still
2: alive.
0: Yeah, he's still alive.
1: Yep. Um, I guess it was also Thanksgiving in the past couple of weeks. How was your Thanksgiving? Um, it was so... good.
0: What do the Swedes do for Thanksgiving, Carl? Nothing. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, because um, because of Garth's medical misadventures, um, we got him back... Uh, for anyone who didn't hear the story on Twitter, uh, Garth, on Monday, threw up and there was blood in it, and we're like, oh no, this is bad. So we took him to the eVet, um, and they're like, well... He seems like he's acting fine. Give him some anti-nausea meds. If he throws up again, bring him back. So he almost cleared the 24-hour mark and he did throw up again. So we brought him back and then he had to be hospitalized overnight um, for a lot of money. (laughs) Um, And they they did x-rays and they did an ultrasound. And he's fine. I'm pretty sure um, that he just ate something that scratched up his throat. Mm. And then, like, you know, because he was ingesting the blood, that made him... Cummy troubles oh, and he flew yeah. up. Um, but he had the um he had he ha- he has his little belly shaved in oh, no. the ultrasound. It's I love it. I'm obsessed with it. It's so like velvety and soft. I can't stop touching it. I love it so much. Um anyway, we got him back late Wednesday night, so we were going to go over to the boyfriend's parents, but we ended up not doing that so that we could, you know, monitor, keep an eye on Garth. Um, so I ran out like early in the morning on Thanksgiving and just, like, got, like, a turkey breast and some ham because Ev is more of a ham person and I was like, I'm just gonna do my own little Thanksgiving. And it ended up being really good. So, no Uh, regrets. No regrets. We drank cider all day (laughs) and, um, I cooked and we watched stand-up and, um, and a couple
1: movies. So it was a good, yeah, it was a good day. That sounds like a good Thanksgiving. Nice. Yeah. I
2: learned how to make ham. Oh yeah. And, uh, we caught a boar in a trap. So what? we had like like had like a pig to butcher. And that was new to me.
1: Okay. I mean, I've everything I've heard about boars is that they are like incredibly dangerous especially when injured. So do you have a Trap that, like you have to deal with an injured boar, or do you just like it's a trap that kills it and you you come when it's over?
2: Um, the, it this trap is uh just it just traps it and then you call the local hunter.
1: I see. Which it <laughs> like
2: it's our our parents' neighbor, so
1: like. Okay, do you have someone else handle that? Yeah. Who knows what they're doing? Yeah. All right. How was it? Um, pretty good. Yeah, I've,
0: I've never what had like wild boar, but I've heard it's pretty good. I mean, depending on like what it's been eating, obviously. But
2: I mean, it tastes like pig. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, can't go. Can't go wrong with that.
1: <laughs> Oof! But yeah, no. I mean, I've heard that like freshly butchered meat is like very good, but uh I wouldn't know. That's true.
0: Nice, well, I I wish you the best of luck on all of your piggly adventures, Carl.
1: That's, uh, that's intense. I don't know, something about, like, eating boar feels, like, very rugged to me. Like, more so than, like, other animals, I guess. Like, it's like eating bear. It's like, this is an animal that, like, if it caught you alone, like, you would not fare well. It's a
2: cool animal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, so is a lot of, like, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fuck with like an elk, and I definitely would not ever fuck with a moose.
1: Yeah, um, that's fair. But they're not going to be like <sighs> intentionally seeking you out for your for bodily harm, where I feel like a boar kind of is. A boar's, boar's not
2: going to do that. A boar's no, they're I know. so shy.
1: I know, but they got like those big tusks, and they're very dangerous. So I've heard. I've heard that, like, you know, as but then so are, like, moose. Moose are also incredibly dangerous.
0: Um, Also probably wouldn't fuck with a deer, but deer are, like, smaller, so it it gives the impression of, like, I could probably take it, even though I know that's, like, absolutely 100% not true. Deer Um, are also
1: so flighty, like, they startle at, like, the smallest thing. So.
0: Yeah. uh, I I just, just, I
1: just, grew up with deer around that I'd like take them less seriously
0: yeah I just remember um, we my parents had to be really careful with the dogs because one of our dogs is really dumb and would like try to challenge the deer and the 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 bucks um, were like squaring up to the dog one day and they're like oh no no no
1: so Our, uh, our our little dog when I was growing up would chase deer and she was a teacup poodle so she was like two pounds uh, I guess. I, like I guess this is
0: this is mule tail. deer, so I don't know if I don't know if whitetails because I'm used to whitetails from like my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if if mule deer are uh, a little more come like at the- me, bro, than whitetails. Yeah, they might be.
1: They and for the most part, like they would run from her, and it was hilarious to see this like tiny, tiny black poodle, uh, like at the heels of this big deer chasing it. Uh, except one time. Uh, when she decided she was going to run off uh, a mother deer that had her fawn nearby, and the mother deer stood her ground, and we we're like, "Oh shit, we gotta go get Lillian <laughs> so she doesn't die." Yeah, um, I
0: guess there's always there's just always that one deer that's like, "Not today, bitch."
1: Yeah. Um, and, you know, so we went and, we went and rescued her. But she, she loved, she loved to chase the deer. And if she, if she was inside and she saw a deer, she would like sit at the window and do like, like her tiny little high-pitched barks at them. That's good. I miss those dogs. They were great.
0: Yeah, I always think, what if we got a dog? But I don't think, I don't think either of us. Um, are involved enough to take care of a dog? Cats are good because cats are pretty easy. Yeah, I don't have to do much.
1: If you <laughs> live in kind of a rural space, then dogs are a little easier because you can just like give them a pen, and then if they need to do their business, you could just like let them out into it rather than having to actually take them on a walk.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, our backyard is mostly fenced. We could probably just fence off the last bit of it, but. That's also not going to happen, so no point in worrying about it.
1: Yep. I, I do love a tiny dog.
0: Tiny dogs are not bad. Like, I know tiny dogs have a bad reputation, but... I don't know, you just have to train them to not be shitty. Like like yeah. any dog. Like any dog.
1: Yep. Yeah, people, people just know that they have to train big dogs because, like, a big dog is dangerous if you don't train it. So people put effort into it because, like, if a... If a like you know Great Dane doesn't listen to you, it's a problem. But yeah. you think you think with a little dog, you don't have to train it because you can just like pick it up and move it when you need to. But you you gotta train it anyway.
0: It's yeah, important. like a little a little dog is not at risk of like dislocating your shoulder if it decides to bolt while it's on leash or something. But yeah, still,
1: yeah. Yep. Uh, if I was gonna get any breed of dog, which again I can't because Huck is allergic, but. If I was going to get a dog, I would get a a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, because they're apparently great lap dogs, and they're just, they're so cute. They have such a a little face. I like, I
0: like Spaniels in general. When I was a kid, we had a family friend who had a Brittany Spaniel, and that dog, not like a, like, they're bigger than a King Charles, but Mm -hmm. good dog. She was a good dog. So, yeah. I don't know if I could if I got any dog I don't know what breed I would get.
1: I don't know. Something about the the Charles, King Charles Spaniel face just like just does it for me. I don't know, they're so cute.
0: I guess you know what? No. I do know. I like Pomeranians. We've talked about this. Poms I would get a Pomeranian. I would get a Pomeranian and name it Missile. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yep. I was I was going to bring up Missile if you didn't bring up Missile.
0: Yep. There's nothing doing for it.
1: it. From Ghost um,
0: Trick. Yeah, Missiles is the name of oh. um, a dog in Ghost Trick. The Pomeranian.
1: Yeah, it's, And named after, I think, the creator's dog. <laughs>
0: yeah. Ghost Trick is such a good game. It's too That's... bad that it's never been ported to anything but, like, iOS.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, is a, it is a fantastic game. It really deserves a remake, but uh, oh well. Yeah. Um, uh i made uh i my thanksgiving was like a storm of cooking um because we did friendsgiving with some friends and i didn't make everything i actually only made like half to two-thirds of like what we ended up eating but i i chose to do like the most uh time intensive foods yep yep uh,
0: i know how that is
1: <laughs> so i i went uh like i took the day uh before thanksgiving off of work and just cooked for like eight and a half hours on that day, and then like did some additional stuff day of, but I made uh, let's see, I made baked tofu and mashed potatoes and mushroom gravy and a sweet potato puff and a green bean casserole. And for the green bean casserole, I like, uh, like I fried the onions myself and I made the mushroom Ooh. soup myself. And God, homemade fried onions, man, that makes a difference. <laughs> they I were bet. so good
0: that sounds really good
1: it was really tasty
0: yeah that sounds really good like i could i could eat a whole can of like just the store-bought french like fried onions
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um homemade though Mm. yeah yeah
1: and it was like that was probably the single most time-intensive activity was like slicing and and breading and frying the onions um but it was it was like absolutely worth it they were so good and i was like oh you know i'm going to put the them in and it's going to get all like soggy in there or whatever but no super crispy like really great crunch like delicious mushroom soup flavor so good i am i am very pleased with that recipe despite it being so time intensive
0: nice yeah y- you you got to have that like one the one showstopper that you regret committing to every year but it's worth it
1: <laughs> yep and we so every everyone else also made um there was a mac and cheese, there was uh stuffing. <laughs> um someone brought someone else made like turkey breast, because I wasn't gonna cook the meat. Um and someone brought like vegan um like chicken drumsticks, which were really interesting. They have a fake bone in them that's made out of like sugar cane.
0: Oh. Huh. That's interesting.
1: Um so that was that was kinda cool. And uh, yeah, we just had, we had a ton of food. There was like two different kinds of rolls and we had Martinelli's for drink. And I love, I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. And I, in part, because I love good food. I just love eating things that are really tasty.
0: Yeah. Thanksgiving is up there for me. Thanksgiving is like, it's a lot better when you don't have to cook for like a huge amount of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I had a great time just cooking for me and Ev, and it was way more food than we needed. Um, but <laughs> as it you know always what? is, yeah. But you know what, we've got leftovers now, and that's fine. Um, yeah, when when you have to cook for a bunch of people, like when you have to scale up your recipes, that's what it's like. Oh God, but... yeah.
1: I I should have cut the green bean recipe uh in half because it's like we ended up having so much leftover, but it's fine yeah, yeah, what are you gonna do? Um. I mean, I, I scaled the sweet potato puff recipe in half, and that was even that we had some left over. Um, and that one was really good too, that was, that has pecans in it. Um, which, I've had, I had sweet potato puffs before, and I was like always kind of like lukewarm on them, where I'm like, this is pretty good, but I'm not sure why I'd, like, I'm not crazy about it. And then I put pecans in mine, and I'm like, oh, it's the texture. Like, I I didn't like the fact that it's just like baby food, (laughs) like absolute mush. But if you put like a little bit of a nut texture in it, like all of a sudden it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, that's fair. We had had sweet potatoes in the pantry and I was like, do you want me to do sweet potatoes, babe? Because Ev really likes his sweet potatoes. He's like, no, so we didn't do the sweet potatoes, but maybe later this week. I'm still like now I'm just like ah sweet potatoes sound really good. Maybe Did I'll do I tell sweet you?
1: Did I tell you I'm growing sweet potatoes?
0: No, that sounds awesome.
1: I so I uh we ha- I I have that like imperfect produce box thing, right, where like mm-hmm. they send me produce every week. And uh at one point we got some sweet potatoes in the box and I didn't have anything specific I was going to make with them. Or maybe I did, and we just didn't end up making it. Um, so they just stayed in our, like, cardboard box for, of potatoes uh, on the shelf for, like, a month. And then I took them out, and they had these big sprouts coming up off them. Like, like six-inch sprouts. Like, not, not tiny. Like, big vines. And I'm like, uh, what? I'm like, these r- clearly want to live really bad. So I looked up how do you grow sweet potatoes. And I like twisted off the sprouts and I put them in water, and they sprouted roots. And the roots got to be like, you know, an inch or two long. And I I took them out and I planted each one in a little pot. And so now I got four pots of sweet potato on my windowsill, <laughs> just growing. Nice,
0: nice. Yeah, I've been I've been like thinking about garden stuff for next spring, and I keep thinking like, wow, man, I could grow my own potatoes. Like potatoes are. They seem pretty forgiving. They seem pretty hard to yeah, kill. Yeah,
1: I understand you yeah. can. there are ways you can grow a lot of them in a small amount of space, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably. So, well, they let me know how potatoes the potatoes go.
2: And growing potatoes. It's, potatoes are pretty cheap.
1: Yeah.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but also, I don't know, I eat a lot of potatoes. Um, I don't eat a lot of sweet potatoes, as evidenced by the fact that I have these sprouts in the first place. Um but it's a, it's an experiment. Probably I won't even get that much in the way of return on it because like there's not that room to have like a a bunch of sweet potatoes in each of these pots. Um so you know, we'll see if we'll see what happens. I'm just kind of curious like if I can do it. So it's
0: like a fun experiment, I guess, you know? Yep. It's like I could buy this, but I could grow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um have we stalled enough?
1: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no I, 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 I'm I'm in
0: the I, same like
1: For once I'm not intentionally stalling. I just feel like a lot happened over the past couple that's weeks. That's
0: fair. Yeah, that's fair. I'm also I'm also not intentionally stalling. But...
1: Like we we do have a decent amount to talk about with this game, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I feel like we, we have we have strayed a little far and uh also I don't want this one to run super super long. Um so I, well, I what's mean... your
2: favorite Pokemon?
0: My favorite Pokemon, um, I mean, look, I'm, uh, I have skipped a lot of generations. Hey, let's talk about Norco. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably Gengar still, though. Um, can't change. Uh, but yeah, we played Norco, um, developed by Geography of Robots, published by Raw Fury, a point-and-click adventure game, um, more, more on the narrative side and less on the puzzle side. I would say, um, this felt like...
1: Yeah, they really didn't want to be accused of just being a walking sim it feels like, so they're like, uh, there's combat mechanics I guess.
0: Yeah, honestly I felt like this was, like every time I start playing an adventure game it devolves very quickly into, oh god, why am I playing an adventure game? Um, but this one did not do that. This one walked that line very nicely and I was pleased with yeah. How much mechanics there were and how much mechanics there were not. Um, so, good job. Right off the bat, good job. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a, a game set in sort of future New Orleans area. Um,
1: Very near future, it seems like.
0: Yeah, not too far future. Um, where everything is terrible because of all the hurricanes and all of the corporations and oil pipelines. And it's just not a good scene. um and it's all
1: the it's all the like you know low income and like post-slavery communities that are getting the brunt of it because Mm -hmm. they're poor and they can't afford to move and um yeah
0: yeah it's it's like the people who tend to be left over after cataclysmic events because they just can't go anywhere else yeah um, who generally do have a bad time of things when things turn bad um so you play as who returns home from just kind of rambling around the country. There's also it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on. Like there's like a like small scale war going on in the southwest and it seems like a lot of larger scale sort of political unrest that is hinted at, um, but not necessarily gotten into. But yeah, it just seems
1: it... the game is very localized in Norco, the place where it takes place, so like yeah outer stuff outer outside stuff is is talked about a little bit but it it is very much the lives of these people who are right here mm-hmm.
0: yeah um so you return home from your travels your mother has died of cancer pretty recently um your dad died a long time ago your brother is question mark yeah, you get there,
1: and he's not there, and it turns out he's sort of missing, and no one's seen him in a little bit, so the ostensible quest of the game is, like, you're trying to find where your brother went, um, but really your brother has very little to do with the events that you uncover as you go through the game.
0: Yeah, it's it's a little bit of, like, well, we gotta find my brother, but also all of the shit's popping off with my mom and her research that she was doing before she died, so, Yeah. It's yeah. it's a little bit of both.
1: Yeah. So the mom's name is Catherine, and the game is somewhat split between playing as K- as Kay, and then occasionally these flashbacks where you play as Catherine. Um, and Catherine discovered something in out in the swamps, out in the bayous, um, that was like a sphere of light, and nobody knows like if it's uh like is it Technological? Is it alien? Is it like religious? Like, what? Nobody knows what this thing is, but everybody wants it. And so you're kind of untangling this weird conspiracy. This game goes a lot of places narratively. And uh, I I will
0: say. This game did not go in the directions I was expecting it to go in um in in a pretty lovely way so
1: Yeah it's very that. it's very magical realism so if you like kind of magical realism and like slightly bleak or slightly noir like tones then I would recommend like turn the podcast off so we don't you don't spoil and like go play it and come back um because it is it is a game that revolves largely around its narrative and we're probably not going to be able to Uh, go into it without some fairly decent-sized spoilers, so. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so it's... God, it's a weird game. It's, like, there aren't that many games that really do justice to magical realism, but I really felt this, this was a good example of it. Like, it really toes that line between, like, is this fantasy? Is this just, like... The way things are—is this just like hyper reality, kind of that 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 sort of surrealism that that uh, magical realism does so well um, that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was cool to see it pulled off.
2: Yeah, and especially with like such excellent like moment-to-moment writing or yes. dialogue.
1: Yeah, yeah, the dialogue is on point. It feels very real for the characters. Um, it's a lot, t- a lot of times it's really funny. It's, like, funny because it feels just, like, dumb and mundane and, like, really real.
0: Look, everybody knows you gotta have a clean ass to fight crime.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the characters, normally, like, I don't like stories where you don't feel like there's a character that you can kind of, like, relate to and root for. And, like, there weren't really any characters that I that you really connect with uh, and feel like you can trust. Um, but there were, like, there were also characters that weren't just, like, I don't know. Sometimes in stories there can be characters that are just, like, cruel and mean for no fucking reason. And this didn't feel like that either. This just felt like a bunch of people living their lives, like, a lot of them are kind of cynical as heck, but, you know, they don't mean you any harm, they're just there.
0: Yeah, and it's- and interestingly, you know, you brought up the idea of trusting the characters, and, like, the one character who ends up being the most trustworthy also is the one who betrays you in the biggest way. Yeah. But then is so remorseful about it in the end, um that that whole so we're talking about this is we're getting into spoilers now, yeah, um very early towards the beginning of the game, um, after you return home, you find your family's kind of I don't know domestic robot, who yeah, was an escaped factory worker robot who, like you know your mom took in, and I guess sort of I don't think she really reprogrammed the robot, um no, but the robot's name is up. million, yeah, yeah, and million, I guess has enough uh a robust enough ai that she had you know a personality and wants and desires um so million just kind of becomes your family's live in robot friend servant yep whatever um so million is along for the ride for a pretty big part of it but then it turns out that she's also spying on your mom and yeah. ends up attacking you and then later and then even later like apologizes in such a just Desperately remorseful way um, about how you know the.
1: This is what being an AI is like. Sometimes you like, like, enter a red room of rage, and you can't get out. And
0: yeah, it was that was a very I don't know it was like hard to be betrayed by your cool robot friend, and then hard to see how million was very cool. (laughs) Yeah, and then hard to see how hard she took it. Um, Yeah, you know having basically tried to kill you, who, you know, she had more or less been raising it since you were a child.
2: Um, yep. it's a, yeah. It was a that, big uh, moment. That plot twist took me so off guard. Oh, yeah. I did not expect that at all. And maybe I should have, because, like, thinking back, they kind of tell you, like, yeah, someone they... is gotten a Someone's going to betray, betray you. But
0: and they even, yeah, they even point in in several dialogue um, you know sections. They they point directly to it. You know, are you sure you trust that robot? That robot is a St. Clair model. Like, what what are you doing hanging out with that St. Clair yeah. robot? And
1: didn't didn't your mother like deactivate Million for like some unknown period of time, and Million doesn't really know why?
0: Maybe I don't remember. You, when if you that first was from...
1: like come to her, she's like, Oh, I thought it, you know, like it I didn't realize it had been that long. I guess I was like deactivated for a while or or something like that. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering.
0: Maybe um, I don't if that was from the very beginning of the game, I don't remember it because I I played the very beginning of the game like a month and a half ago <laughs> and then put it down and then and then came back to it to finish it for the podcast. Yeah. But only like the first hour or two, so
1: or yeah. hour maybe. It's like I guess like right off the bat they launch into the magical realism stuff with the the monkey is actually like the first side character that you meet which is like literally your stuffed monkey and they just talk about like how it stares at you in reproach for the fact that you left and then it teaches you how to do the mini games uh that you'll need for combat uh and then you can add it to your party and it becomes a thing that can like do combat but they never describe like what it's doing, the implication seems to be that it is also staring balefully at your enemies because it's just a stuffed monkey, um, but it has that like magical realism element of like we never fully explain. We just let you take it on the s- surface value as a thing,
0: yeah they they get a lot of mileage out of um the the weird little mini games is because later on you also meet a cat. Who you can do the mini game to um, <laughs> in order to befriend the cat. The cat oh. doesn't join your party. You just get an achievement for it. But uh, so. the cat
1: explodes if you if you pet it enough.
0: God, yeah, you're right. I it shoots, about it, that. It, shoots away.
1: it shoots through the ceiling. Um, but yes. <laughs> by the way. Yeah. <laughs> was that the whole? Was that all you were gonna say? It was just by the way.
0: Oh yeah, the cat explodes. By the way, fair. Um so yeah, I don't I mean, this is yeah, like kind so the, of a like, hard game to go through.
1: Yeah, the uh the thing the thing that was interesting to me uh was that like as I was playing it, um I I never felt like I like lost track of the narrative, right? Like I was always following along point A to point B and going from one place to another and like every everything followed logically from the previous things. But anytime Huck would enter the room and I would try to explain to him what was going on, it seemed like the most disjointed, out-of-nowhere, what-the-fuck-are-you-doing kind of things. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, we, like, I need to go buy some drugs from a Santa Claus so we can, like trick this cult into like letting me through is like oh no you know like i'm i'm fighting a guy at the the gas station with my stuffed monkey right now it's like oh no the um the the giant bird virus has a has a job for us that we have to do uh or like no there's um this cult is trying to ra- launch a a rocket from space uh so we got to we got to go you know like My brother might be on it. We gotta go check that out. Like, there's, like, it's all this stuff that, like, oh, yeah, no, 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 I'm just trawling the bayou trying to find someone's head, right? Like, there's... Yeah,
0: like, oh, the the cult leader was um, usurped by a homeless man who thinks that I'm a descendant, a direct biological descendant of Jesus, like,
1: oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And in Um... in the moment, it all worked. Like, it feels perfectly reasonable.
2: Yeah, I started to kind of zone out of it a bit in the Act 2, with the Garrett stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But that might have been because I played the game in one sitting.
1: Yeah, and that's also kind of like, the maybe the longest and slowest part of the game, I would say. Like, most of the other stuff is, like, the vignettes are over a little bit more quickly than that. Um
0: yeah you do spend quite a lot of time running around trying to like find the sculptures of the the garrett's uh bully texts.
2: there's so yep. many Garretts. yes
1: yeah, so it's so it's a cult of people who uh once they join the cult they name themselves garrett so they're they're called the garrets they're all garretts they're descendants uh not descendants um <clears throat> disciples of a guy called uh, Kenner John um who is and- convinced that it's it's like Partially, like, a Christian cult, because he believes that they're gonna, like, talk to angels and, like, go meet God, but also they're gonna do that via a spaceship that they're building, and also, like, you can't- the reason you can't hear God is because of, like, 4G signals or whatever, right? Like, they've got the whole, like, conspiracy theory nut job stuff on top of it.
0: Yeah, I remember part of the text being, like, you have to go insane also so that you can receive the message from the angels.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Which was definitely, definitely sounds like some real cult shit.
1: Yeah, Um, and there's definitely, they definitely leave room for all of the stuff that happens in this game to just be some weird, like, semi-hallucinatory stuff that you kind of underwent. Um, But it's, it's unclear. And you get sent to the cult by, like, a giant uh viral AI that is was created from uh, a head drive, which is like where you, you know, store your memories in a digital format. Um so like one of your mother's friends got his uh consciousness like put into the machine and then it like went crazy and escaped and started like virally spreading not just through technology but also through like biology, mostly birds in the swamp. Yeah. Um, that was a
0: that was a pretty wild revelation.
1: Yeah, and so you get these. There's like a, a whole bunch of these like weird melty bird monsters that that are in the game that are like really freaky.
0: Yeah, and um, so in in the flashback segments where you're playing as Catherine, um, she's you know desperate to um, make some money and try to you know wipe out some of her debts so that she's not leaving her children to pay all of her debts so she takes on these jobs from a
1: her medical debts we should say from her cancer from living right next to the oil refinery because like (laughs) a bunch of people in town get cancer because they're living right next to an oil refinery
0: yeah oil refinery and then like all of the other like chemical stuff that they do um plastics etc um so she takes on jobs from this app which i think was called what was it called quack
1: uh well quack coin is like the the it's super duck yeah super duck is i think gotcha. just that yeah the ai and the app um right and you
0: so you do these jobs it's like go to this place meet this person um you know go to the the uh abandoned like what was it paper products factory to yeah. have your orientation and get debriefed here like it's like all eagle Stationary or something yeah, it's it's all you know. Go to place and do thing, and you'll get rewarded in Quack Coin, which is, I guess, a type of cryptocurrency um, that has a pretty favorable exchange rate, as far as I could tell.
1: In the in the past section, they they do mention when yeah. you get back to the present that uh, like it's completely tanked.
0: Yeah, and, that's fair. Uh,
1: the one, what's what's the name of? Search the D, right? Dallas. The, Dallas. Dallas, who's, Mm -hmm. like, the guy who accompanies your mom in the flashback sections, um, is, who is, like, one of the few, like, just truly decent-seeming folks in the game where you're, like, why are you doing all this shit? Like, you seem better than this. Um, Yeah. yeah, like, he's, he's there, and they're, like, talking about, like, oh, man, Dallas, your quack coin's not gonna be worth shit at this point.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that little bit of dialogue. Um so yeah this is you know this is what your your mom is embroiled into because she wants to you know alleviate some of those debts so that she doesn't pass them on to her kids. Yeah. Um
1: and uh and Super Duck, the uh the AI wants you to so called because Duck is the name of the guy it it came from. Um or at least that's what everybody calls him. Uh his real name was like Richard something.
0: I want to uh, say it's Clay- Clayton Richard Richards that's something sounds right. like that.
1: Yeah. Um and so, Super Duck wants you to... There was a light in the swamp, and the Garrett cult stole it. So, Super Duck wants you to find it so he can eat it and gain its powers. Um, uh, also, the S.H.I.E.L.D., which runs the oil refinery, um, also wants it because they think it's uh, like a secret to the technology that will like let them do space mining... Um, like, mine from asteroids and stuff. Yes. Uh, and and the,
0: the Garretts want it because they think it's filled with, like, holy juice. That'll... Angel juice, yeah. Angel juice, yeah, basically. So, everybody wants it.
1: And uh, um. and the and the ditch man, the like uh, crazy homeless man, thinks that it's like a, a message from God that's meant for you. And it does seem to have some affinity for Catherine and for you specifically. Like it's attracted to you when you arrive and like confront it. Uh, whereas it doesn't seem to like really, um, like relate to anyone else. So question yeah. mark?
0: Yeah, it is it is slightly anthropomorphic in that when it when it comes across Catherine or Kay, it'll like basically shrink itself down and kind of nestle it into, you know, your pockets or something, so that it's yeah. just kind of there with you.
1: Yep, it joins your party. Yeah. Um at various times in your party you've got uh a celestial orb, a stuffed monkey, uh an android, uh a, like Crazy uh, corporate terrorist and yeah, his and dog.
0: An old anarchist and his dog. Yep.
1: Yep, um, and uh, and a washed up like two bit detective.
0: Yeah, it's a like, good cast of characters. It's a weird game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and in in the past era, you you also get Dallas and the the weird homeless guy. Um, and a monkey. In the past, no. Yeah, yeah. Mo- yeah. I think I said the monkey for the yeah, oh. the present. Um Yeah, they're uh the monkey is uh is, is pretty strong, actually.
0: Yeah, the monkey um. is the monkey is a, a valuable party member.
1: You like you randomly lose the monkey at the beginning of the second act, it just like falls out of the truck. You yeah, fight it, it, and you find it again towards the very end of the game, but it's dead. Which it was a stuffed monkey, so was it ever really alive? Question mark.
2: It is no longer a party member.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I
0: think the the text is something like you no longer see the light of infinity in its eyes or
1: Yeah, something like that. Something uh, like that. Like I said, it does the good the good good magical realism shit of like not explaining itself and <laughs> just letting things be kind of weird and off. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah, I mean, we could go beat by beat through the story, but that almost, like, doesn't... like. It's hard to describe and give... It's This is a very tone-centric piece, and it's hard to just, like, describe what happens and really give a true sense of the, the tone of the scene without you actually play it.
0: Yeah, it's a lot like and i i don't always like to describe things in terms of other things but in terms of just how tonally motivated it is it felt a lot like kentucky route 0
1: yes it definitely how, has some kentucky route 0 dna yeah, in it
0: like the the magical realism and just the the very firm anchor of a specific place and time or times um yeah.
1: And some of the, some, even some of the like the, the sequences where you're like on the boat navigating the bayou definitely felt like something that was, Mm -hmm. that would have been in Kentucky Route Zero.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: um, which, you know, I also really liked that game. It's a different, it's a slightly different aspect of, um, the sort of Americana thing. I would say I would situate Kentucky Route Zero in the middle between Norco and where the water tastes like wine.
0: I was also thinking about Where the water tastes like wine as well. Yes, as um, this
1: sort of like American mythos uh, storytelling.
0: Yeah, and also uh, visually, if like if um, Kentucky Route Zero is minimalistic, Norco is like entirely baroque. It's just <laughs> such a such a detailed beautiful game like i don't know i don't know if i can if i can overstate how gorgeous the art is in this game it's incredible
1: really really eerie at times too there are like two moments where you're like doing something you're like reading dialogue off to the right and while you do that like someone slowly like comes into frame like real close yes uh, from the side and it's really creepy. It really feels like someone coming into your personal space where you're like, "Uh, hi?" Yeah, that was such a good like moment. Like the
2: I... ditch man scene. Yeah, yeah, the
1: ditch man scene in particular.
0: Yeah. Uh, although that, was... that also
1: happens when um when million attacks you.
0: Mhm. Um the ditch man scene in particular is like really scary because I think that's the first time you encounter him as a character. You see him in um what what you call the, the mind map of of K um which is kind of just it's like a
1: interesting mechanic in its own right. It basically lets you uh re refresh on the game if you haven't played in a little bit.
0: Yeah, it basically gives you kind of an overview of people, places, things, events um and you click through them and it tells you a little bit about, you know, what you know about this person. Um, Or what has happened in this place? Or, you know, what was this event? Um, and at the beginning, and for a lot of the game, for, for, like, probably the first, I don't know, half of the game, like, Ditch Man is a, a scary figure kind of out of your dreams, and all you know about him is that he lives in a ditch, and he has, you, like, you mascara saw... running yeah. down his face. And you um,
1: think you saw him maybe on your travels once, but also maybe he was a hallucination, because then he just disappeared like yeah
0: yeah and and then you meet him like in the flesh in the past as as Catherine um and exactly in that way you're reading dialogue between i think it's her and her and Dallas and he yeah. just kind of sidles up from the right hand side of the
2: screen.
1: No, it it happens while you're it's... reading one of the John Gospels. Yeah, you're yeah. right.
0: You're right. It's when he's reading yeah, when you're reading one of the because
2: the he gospels. shows up in front of it.
1: Yeah, and you're like, uh, can I help you? (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, just a a wonderful moment that I don't think I've seen.
1: He looks eerie as fuck because he's, like, smiling really broadly because he's very happy you're there because he thinks you're the descendant of Jesus. And he's, like, way too close, and he looks kind of fucked up, and it's, like, it's really unsettling.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and they do a lot, um... They, with him in particular, but I guess also with when he kind of takes over the Garrets because he hates he hates Kenner John so much. Yeah. He just like he literally spends uh, most of the time you're with him talking about how he's going to rip Kenner John's head off, and surprise, he does. Um yeah. But like later on in the game, he has like glued like plastic rhinestones to his face, and all the other um, Garrets who follow him have done that. So it's just it, it's it looks. So bizarre and sci fi um, yeah. and then it's like, nope, they just glued shit to their faces, like what is going on with these people, but also it looks so cool
1: yeah um, there's a, there's a great scene with the with the cult where you like when you finally meet Ken or John, where he's like trying to talk in this like big sermon type thing about how everybody's gonna like you know go to space and understand the divine or whatever, and the garrets are like. Like, can we talk about like our uniforms? Like, how come you get to wear a cool robe, and like we have to wear these stupid blue shirts? Like, I thought we were gonna get to wear armor. Like, could we wear cool like Templar armor? And kind of John's like, guys, we have more important shit to talk about.
0: And then later on in the game, they are all running around in like plastic Halloween store Templar armor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's. And yet, like, part of the faction... So they're, they're, like, funny and pathetic, but also part of the faction, like, brought snipers and, like, are shooting at the other part of the faction, and it's like... Jesus. This is yeah. some uh, some real shit going down here.
0: Yeah, it's... It, it's incredible how it manages to be kind of tonally all over the place, because, yeah, the, the Garrets are a bunch of doofuses. Um, but then there's this this splinter faction of Garretts who literally assassinates another one with a sniper positioned on a roof, and like you see that you watch that happen. Um, you you know you go back to the guy who's been shot, and you're like rifling through his pockets <laughs> as he's yeah. bleeding out, and the game is like, why are you, why are you rifling through his pockets? I don't know because I have to. Um, yep. um,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, and I I should say like. When you say it's tonally all over the place, not in the sense that like it's uh, disjointed or feels like it contradicts anything, just that oh, yeah. it, it, it pulls off a lot of tones simultaneously. Yeah,
0: I guess I I guess I got distracted and I didn't finish that thought, but that was basically where I was going, is that it 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 holds it all together really well.
1: Yeah, it can swing wildly from like actually quite funny to like a little bit uh, you know, distressing to, um, you know, like, eerie, to actually, like, beautiful, like, at the drop of a hat. Like, but they all work in concert together very well. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, and the game, like, I I said towards the beginning, like, the game tries very hard to not be a walking simulator. Like, there's a lot of little mini-games and mechanics uh, there's like the two different combat mechanics. There's like a boating mechanic where you ride a, ride around a bayou. Um, there's a like an AR mechanic where you have a phone that you have to hold up to stuff and like move around. Um, they they try and give you little things to do um, so that to, you know to justify it being an interactive experience and not just a novel.
0: Yeah, there's also a, a, a handful of your standard use item with other item. Yeah. Um and there's some, some keypad codes that you need to kind of glean through the text. They're always really well highlighted, especially the key code text yeah. or the key code numbers. Um, but it's you know, it's it doesn't quite do the work for you. Like it puts it in front of your face, but you have to put you have to put it together.
1: Yeah, I don't um, think there was there was one puzzle that I didn't figure out and it was an optional one at the end. So um
0: Which one was that?
1: Which, I guess, segue into the endings. Uh, there's three possible endings. One of them, like, the, I guess, potentially best ending, question mark, um, is one that you get if you solve this puzzle, which I didn't.
0: Oh, I think um, I know what puzzle you're talking about.
1: Where there's, there's a guy in a, um, Bruce is his name, I mm-hmm. think. Um, there's, a, there's a guy with, uh, in like a, a metal shipping crate, who's like doing some tech stuff. And you have to distract him and lure him out of the crate. And it's unclear at the point when you have to do it. It's unclear why you want to do it. Um, Like, it's clear that you can interact with him. um, But I was unable to figure out, like, how to do that in a productive way. Um, And then later on, if you have gotten him out of the crate, then, like, an important thing doesn't happen at the end of the game.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, I managed to do that one kind of by accident. Not entirely yeah, by same. accident,
2: but yeah.
1: What uh what sound bite do you have to play for him?
2: So um, the Oh that would go ahead. Okay sure. Uh so near the like mall where the garrets are, there's like a small house which has like someone in the garage and you can just sneak in. The first and sculpture
0: he... I think is in the front yard. So you do go to the house. If I remember oh, yeah. correctly. Yeah, you do. Um, mm-hmm.
2: And there you can, re- there you like talk to the parent or, or like the dad, Bruce's dad.
1: Interesting. You, I Yeah, I never did that.
2: You basically record what the dad would want to say to his son.
1: I assume you have to do that as Catherine. Yes. Yeah. And yeah.
0: then it, I guess you get Catherine's phone <laughs> later on in the future. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so you have to record... It, there's there's a whole segment in the mall in the past as Catherine where you're <clears throat> basically trying to convince one of the Garretts to, like, let you into a guarded room. And you do that by installing a voice recorder app on your phone and recording the things that the people are saying around you. Basically, like, breaking the tenets of the religion or talking shit about this one guard in particular. Mm-hmm. Um and i recorded that one because i was like oh obviously this guard is going to be bruce um and that's how i get him to leave um but that ends up not <laughs> that ends up not being the case the guard that you're trying to get rid of is not bruce um but if you leave that bit of dialogue for bruce on your phone then in the future with Kay, um you can play it for bruce at that time when he's in the shipping container kind of monitoring the spaceship mm-hmm. and he and the... then he does leave
2: yeah and the dad when you talk to him, he pretty much tells you that you should record him, yeah,
1: yeah he does <laughs> he does that sounds like it sounds like it's a pretty clear trigger. I just never ran into that character or talked to that the character of the dad. I guess I didn't realize you could go to the to the other part of the house, yeah, um, it's
0: just it's the front yard, and it doesn't even do like a screen transition. it just like has dialogue or has text saying, you know you go into the garage, there's a man oh, watching t v so yeah. <clears throat>
1: I see, I see, um, yeah, so when you get so the like the finale of the game is that you climb the the many levels of the amateur spaceship built by the cult, um and on each level in a way that does not quite make sense spatially, you fight uh one of the factions that has appeared in the game um, and. Like, when you get to the top, the, uh, detective says that, like, oh, yeah, you were just, like, flailing around, hitting the walls and stuff. I tried to tell you to stop, but, um, so, you know, maybe all of this is a hallucination. Um, and then you get to the, you get to the, uh, control room of the rocket. And this all happens after you've, like, ingested the, something from the, uh, the ball of light, so it's possible you're just hallucinating at this point um but the uh in the top control room, there is the ditch man um who has your mother's corpse uh on a on a throne and then your brother tied up on another throne at, like next to her, and then there's a space for you in the third one um. Yeah, you do, um,
0: er, earlier on in the game, you go to the, the mausoleum and you find that your mom's body has been stolen. She's been, like, exhumed from the mausoleum. And uh, there's a note that's like, don't worry, she's in good hands. You'll you'll all be together soon. Like, that's not ominous. Um, <laughs> so you find out then at the end that uh, it was Ditchman the whole time.
1: Yeah, and your options are to either, um, like, sit down on the throne and get launched into space, question mark? Possibly just blown up. It's unclear. Um, Or to go to the balcony of the spaceship and jump off into the swamp and save yourself. Which you can do alone if you have not distracted Bruce. If you have distracted Bruce, then uh, Ditchman goes to check on what's wrong, why the rocket isn't launching. And you can take your mom's body and your brother and you can all jump off the rocket together. Mm But. All of them are just, like, you do the thing, and then it, like, fades to black, and there's a text description of what happens. Which is very abrupt. It, like, feels like the game just kind of ends. It just kind of cuts off.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Not only that, but I don't think the narrative kind of ties itself up.
1: Yeah, it, it, just, it just stops. And it sounds like maybe they had some issues, like, in terms of, like, deadline and funding, where they were, like, running out of money and had to get the game out the door. So I don't know if the ending could be, like, related to that. Um, I think it could benefit from, at the very least, having, like, a still image related to the outcome of uh, of what's being relayed in the text. Um, yeah but yeah it does feel like it just ends abruptly but i was thinking about it and the problem is it's like with a game like this that thrives so much on its ambiguity it's very hard to pull together a satisfying ending right like <laughs> especially either... since
0: you've especially since you've come to a place where like the stakes are so high we've got a rocket that's trying to launch you and your family into space like how do you how do you, you come have a magic back from orb. That? Yeah, 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 like how do you how do you wrap all of that up?
1: Yeah, um, and it's like your three options are basically one: it was the it was all a dream ending, um, where it you know it oh you were just hallucinating and like like none of this weird like aliens or religious stuff is real and uh, you know it's it's all mundane, um, which is you know nobody likes it was all a dream endings. <laughs> Uh, no. Two, uh, it was all real, uh, you know, it you are the descendant of Jesus, or it was aliens, or, you know, like, some other, like, confirming one of the various theories. Uh, or third option, leave it ambiguous, which matches with the tone of the rest of the game, which is all about, you know, things being very ambiguous. And that's, like, clearly that's what they went for, like, leaving it ambiguous, like, it's unclear, but the... It's it's such a difficult to li- line to walk because ambiguous endings are often just inherently unsatisfying. And the game spent a lot of time, like, building up these mysteries and kind of really investing you in these various plot lines so that it really feels like you you want to know how they pay off, right? Like, you, you you've been drawn into the story. And so the ambiguousness of the ending is also a little bit hard to swallow. Um, so it's like, there's almost, it's almost like a there's no right answer kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I, I, I guess, how do I put this? I don't know that they, that there was a more satisfying way to do it, honestly.
1: (laughs) I,
2: um. Everyone dies.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the ending you maybe get if you do the rocket launch
2: yeah
0: and if you um, if you do get the good ending or if you save yourself or or any of your family, um the rocket does just explode, yeah, so
1: you know yeah, so the implication is maybe everyone died. I think you know what I think was missing, having thought about it a little bit, um that really maybe would have helped the ending. I think you needed some closure with your mother, I think that was the ultimate like threat, like all of the stuff about the cult and the angels and the you know, aliens and what was the sphere and the super duck and stuff, that could have been fine left by the wayside if it felt like you and your mother, like, in some surrealist ghost way could have a last conversation. Well, you and do get of, that. Um, you sort of get that in the, like, when you're, like, thinking about, like, every everyone from your past. you going through the room
0: in your house, or the rooms in your house, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's an option Where I don't, I don't know what the two options are, but one of them is like, your mom is saying, you know, I wish I could have, I wish you would have come back sooner. I wish I could have seen you one more time. And one of your options is, I wanted to. And she basically says, you know, that's all I needed to hear from you is that you wanted to be here.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, but the problem is like, that's buried in a last words with everybody sort of sequence. And it happens before the ending. I think it needed to be like the kind of one of the very last things like after after the ending uh or maybe like right before you make that final decision just kind of like i don't know something more something more with the mother i feel like really needed to happen at the end there uh and that's that fair could have done something that would feel more closurey with that maybe but like i said also it's very hard <laughs> to do a satisfying yep. ending for a story like this
2: Yes. So thinking about it a little harder, what I really would have liked is just a small callback to like the people in Norco. Yeah. That you like talked to in the beginning. Or like through the game.
1: Yeah.
2: Because basically, from the start of Act Three, nothing you've done before matters.
1: Except the tape recorder stuff. But yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. I guess that's true.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, no, I know what you mean. It is very, like, sort of self-contained. Um, and, and there's, it's... A, like,
2: a lot of cool characters that's pretty much not in the game, really. Yeah.
1: The only one like... who kind of gets a closure is the, like, shitty detective who dies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there's, yeah. like, the guy at the very beginning of the game that you fight in the gas station parking lot, who never comes back. Yeah. Um. There's. You know. You know I didn't
1: have to fight him. I did fight him.
0: <laughs> I did fight him. He was a dick. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's. You know. There's the lady who runs the used bookstore. Yeah. Um. Who you have a pretty decent conversation with at the beginning when you're looking for your brother. Um. Obviously, there's Duck who you come back around to Duck a couple of times. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it, so much of it is so much of the game is, or at least the tone of the game is about the city and the people who live there. That yeah, it would have been nice to have more of like the city and the people who live there. Um, I mean, you could have even, I guess, put them in the crowd because there's a whole crowd of like, uh, yeah, Schadenfreude onlookers <laughs> that are uh, there to see the rocket fail. Um,
2: hey, I and- used to remember Dylan had passed like. A kid and a grandchild which you have like half a conversation with and never is yeah. in the game.
0: Yeah, Dallas. And that's optional. You know oh, Dallas, I mean. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a part where um like Dallas mentions when you're when you're hanging out with him as Catherine, he mentions like, Oh, my house is over here and it you get that as an option in your, your travel interface. Do you? And you can go I to his house. That. Yeah, you can go to his house and you meet his daughter and um, you know, her, her child. And it's, he's got his Christmas tree up and you say, isn't it a little early for Christmas decorations? And Dallas, who previously mentioned that he only listens to Christmas music and no other type of music, yeah. is like, it's never too early for Christmas music. Um, So his daughter is like, oh yeah, we got you a present. And it's, it changes his, um, his character portrait for the rest of the game. Instead of his regular bolo tie, he gets, like, a light-up Christmas bolo tie that says, it's, I think it just says joy. And he wears that even into the future. Um, it's, That's it's very a, sweet. Yeah, it is it is a cute little <laughs> moment. Um, just, again, I'm sorry it, I
1: missed that. I guess I just, like, didn't notice the spot on the map.
0: Yeah, um, and it, it it is, like you said before, like, Dallas is kind of the only person who's like mostly wholesome in yeah. the whole game. Um so it is it is good to see that I don't know. He just has this nice little moment with his family. Um but yeah, that was a, a good little aside.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Dallas and, and I guess the uh the like childhood friend of yours in the bookstore that you talk to, she seems pretty cool. She you don't get nearly as much time with her, but <laughs> she gets pissed at yeah. you for exploding the cat. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's a wild ride of a game. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I mean I'm...
0: honestly based on based on this like I don't know, this is a studio I'm going to be following very closely I think for forever. Um yeah. I want to I want to see what they come out with next. And honestly, <clears throat> I was looking it up earlier just to make sure that this game came out in 2022. Honestly, this might be my game of the year. For this year. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
1: I can see that. There's some weird thing where they like don't. They're not. They don't consider themselves a game studio. They're like an art collective or something like that.
0: Oh, well, that's um, fair. Yeah. That sounds uh, right.
1: <laughs> which, you know, like. Yeah, it feels like that kind of a game. For sure. So, yeah, like. I,
0: yep. No arguments there. Still a Still a good thing. And I'm, yeah. Definitely going to keep an eye on this air quote studio slash these people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's the sort of work that like, I don't know if I would have like sought out on my own. Um, Because normally I just, I really don't like things that have like a really bleak tone and there's a lot of bleakness in this, (laughs) right? Like the, just the whole Norco as a town is, like, it's just a, you know, people living in, like, the worst fucking conditions, and just, um, there was, there's, like, a thing that Blue says towards the end in the, the sequence, which is your dad, um, the sequence where you're, like, having a hallucinatory conversation with everybody, where he says something about, like, the scariest thing being, like, that, that life is only, only gets worse and worse, and then people never believe that it was any different or could be any different, or could be any better, or something like that. Um, and I'm like, woof! Like, that that really sums up the just kind of, like, bleak hopelessness of the tone of this. And, like, I normally try to avoid that kind of shit, because I feel like you get so much of that from the real world. I don't seek it out in my fiction. But, fair. like, this, yeah. this, I can, you know, I feel like this gets a pass from me. <laughs> Because it does so many other interesting things with its tone and its narrative. And, uh, you know, it really does feel like one of those things that they would make you read in high school a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, where it's a little bit of like, you know, this is tough going, but it's like very, you know, there's some really important and, and good, like, good learning things in here for about literature, if you can get through it, kind of. Kind of thing you would be told to read.
0: Yeah, except this isn't this isn't like as bone churningly dry as a lot <laughs> yeah. of a lot of high school reading is.
1: Yeah, although you know some of it is is only feels that way because you're forced to read it and actually isn't in retrospect. That's like, true. I think was. I think I was, I, think yeah. I, I hated Hundred Years of Solitude when I read it um, because. I was forced to read it for high school. I don't know if I would feel the same way if I read it again now.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I guess my favorite like high school core books were ones that I read in high school, but was not assigned to read. I just read them yeah. on my own. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, but, but yeah, it, I definitely it made
1: me think tonally of things like um, Infinite Jest. Which also does a lot of weird things where like some of it's really bleak and some of it's really funny and some of it's really complicated and like it's a bunch of different tones, but they're all, you know, trying to create some specific whole. Um, which it's funny because a, a friend of mine like absolutely adores this game and Infinite Jest is his favorite book. So,
0: You know, I've never actually read Infinite Jest just because it's such a tome um uh,
1: honestly neither have i we we got it as like a book on tape and i got through like uh the first i don't know two hours of the book on tape or something like that and i'm like this is too much for me <laughs> like i it's i like i see what people see in it it's not for me
0: i wish i wish i could do i wish i could do audiobooks but i just can't i have to be it's like the same thing where um I If I have the option of, like, watching anime in Japanese with subtitles or watching it dubbed, um, Ev will watch dubbed. I always prefer the subtitles, not because I'm, like, an elitist about it, but because if I am watching something with subtitles, I am forced to pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, and I cannot do audiobooks because I just, I, my brain just drifts away from it super well, easy. Well, it
1: sounds like Infinite Jest is actually better consumed physically, or at least more more towards the author's intent consumed physically, because a large portion of it is footnotes. Oh, we're um, into some House
0: of Leaves shit, baby.
1: Yeah. And, like, yeah. wandering through, like, excessive, dense footnotes that lead to other footnotes. that. So it's like, you know, maybe that's a thing that's better done physically. I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, it was a little much for me. So I gave up on it. But, like, I, I get yeah. it. I get why people like it and why people think it's cool. It's just, uh... It's also why I'm like probably not going to play Disco Elysium.
0: Yeah, I, I, I feel I feel increasingly that way about just big games, big pieces of media, where it's like I could I could commit such a
2: commitment. Yeah,
0: I could commit myself to this one big thing, or I could, you know be less committed to several smaller things like what i don't know what's going to give me the biggest amount of enjoyment but knowing my add brain i will (laughs) probably have a better time connecting to several small things Yeah. Um, yeah it's
1: worth i think people who liked disco elysium would probably adore this game as well i feel like from what i've seen of disco elysium they have some pretty similar vibes in some ways um, yeah. less of the, less of the, like, your character is somewhat, uh, <laughs> um, going, uh, going steadily insane internally, uh, because Kay is actually, like, one of the few pretty chill, sane people in a world full of, like, very bizarre characters. Um, yeah. but it does have some of that kind of, like, I don't know, bleak town, like discussing big ideas sort of energy i mean
2: disco elysium is like the obvious choice for what game is like this
1: yeah yeah in yeah. as much as there is one even yeah. the
0: way that like the text is displayed off to you know that you've got the big like painting almost of what you're looking at and then everything is in in a box off to one side of the screen is yeah. exactly what disco elysium does yep and for good reason, so much of this game is just gorgeous uh
1: yeah yeah they want yeah. you to be able to focus on the images and have a a better a better aspect ratio for framing that so the dialogue is vertical to the side instead mm-hmm. of like your r p g horizontal at the bottom style dialogue, yeah
0: uh, yeah I'm actually on the um geography of robots website, just. Looking at all of the like screenshots of the finished game and um screenshots from like previous iterations of the game and there's like sketches and photographs and uh I would highly recommend at least just taking a look. It's it's very mood board.
1: Yeah, it's a it is a pixel art game, but uh it's the pixel art is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, dang. Um, Yeah, honestly, yeah. If you want to know what this game feels like, go to the Geography of Robots website and just scroll through the images. um, And, like, the images will give you the tone of what the game is like.
0: Oh, they got a Patreon. Patreon... Uh, the the byline is pixel art and interactive experiences. I might just I might just give them some money every month. I might Geography just be of that.
1: robots, pixel ephemera, petroleum blues. Creator of Nor- creators of Norco. Um, I feel like this is a game that should come with like a high school discussion guide of like why is like why are Kay and her brother the only characters that do not receive faces? What is the significance of like their you know like digital smiley faces over their faces and like. You know, how does the like like city of, you know, how is the the town of Norco a character in this novel? Like what effect does it have on the lives of the the characters, both like physically and metaphorically? Um, you know, like
0: yeah, honestly i I like that idea, um, if only because as I was playing this game, I was kind of lamenting the fact that I am never or have never been particularly concerned with like doing analysis of symbolism. I've always been a little bit more on the side of the curtains are just blue. Um, (laughs) And I understand, I understand that the curtains being blue is a choice, Mm -hmm. but I don't always feel like, you know, a conscious choice by the author needs to necessarily convey anything deeper other than this is what they wanted and this is like the painting the picture they were trying to paint yeah um but i was sort of lamenting my (laughs) my historical um unwillingness to do analysis throughout this game
1: yeah it definitely feels like a game that like you could go deep into but also you don't have to Mm -hmm. you can just let it wash over you and it's still a very effective piece of art which i think is the best kind of like you know, deepness to put in games is the kind that, like, you can, like, you don't have to engage with in order to enjoy the work.
0: Yeah. I agree.
1: Um, but yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, the art and, and sound design and music and stuff is all, like, very moody and appropriate for what what is in the rest of the game. Um, I did feel like there was maybe a bug Sometimes where transitioning to certain screens, the, like, ambient sounds would just be much louder. Um, but I don't know if that was intentional or if that was actually just, uh... Yeah,
2: I don't know if it was intentional, but I also noticed that some, yeah, some sounds were just way louder.
1: Yeah, I spent a lot of time, like, fiddling back and forth with the volume controls. But, you know, that's, that's a tiny ripe, um... And for the most part, uh, the rest of it was very cool. I'm, like, excited now to go back and watch uh, Mostly walk Because Mostly Walking played this a while back, and I, I mm-hmm. skipped it because I knew we would probably be playing it, and I didn't want to be spoiled. Um, and it's definitely not something that lends itself well to the Mostly Walking format. So yeah. I'm really curious uh, how they how they engaged with it.
0: <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Uh, Again, I'm going to have to subscribe to their Patreon.
1: Yeah, I can see Uh, that. I mean, they're very... And then you can let us know, like, what they're up to in the future. uh, I'm the spy on the inside. Yeah, you can be our million. Yep. And then one day you'll, like, go crazy and explode and try to kill them. Um, There's a lore app? There's a what app? An app
2: for extra lore.
1: Interesting.
0: Like, a real real-world app?
2: Uh, or um
0: in-game it's... app?
2: No, I found an itch.io page.
0: Oh. Interesting. Hmm. Intradasting.
2: I have it- no idea what this is.
1: <laughs> Alright. Huh?
0: Ah, okay, well. We well, clearly didn't do our homework.
1: Yeah, I don't think, like... If this, like, elucidates the ending or whatever, like, I don't think that can count right the piece of art should stand on its own yeah that's fair um but uh but it's i yeah i am curious what would be in it so
0: yeah i guess i'm going to go through this honestly this is a game because there's a lot of missable achievements um and a lot of achievements that are like mutually exclusive uh, at least a handful yeah. um with other achievements and i might just play it again to yeah. get some of that additional stuff just man, might as well it's not like it's a super long game so yeah yeah
1: yeah um, anyway yeah, we're trying to focus on uh playing some slightly shorter things um because so we can have episodes out hopefully on a more like consistent basis at least for a little bit also because uh the holidays are coming up. Uh so we have also chosen um a somewhat uh smaller game for our next game. Segway. Yes. Segway. <laughs> uh Play. we are going to be playing uh Tangle Tower um by SFB Games uh developed and published um Tangle Tower is the nominally third I guess game in the Detective Grimoire series um the first game it started off as like a flash series on uh Armor Games and Newgrounds um and I did watch Mostly Walking play the second game in the series, the first game that was not a Flash game that was, you know, like, released on PC. I wasn't, like, hugely impressed, to be honest. It still felt very much like a Flash game. Um, but I'm told that the third one is substantially better than the second one. That they are they are drastically improving with each iteration. So I'm curious to see how Tangle Tower... Uh, Improves upon the previous game's formula. And it's like a. It's a detective mystery game. So we haven't played a mystery. and I mean I guess this one was nominally a mystery. Um, but uh, we haven't played a, a detective game in a little bit. So
0: yeah. Yeah I'm into it.
1: Um, so we'll see. We'll see how much it stays true to. Versus uh, finds its ways away from its uh, flash game roots
0: yeah i would be interested to see um what the flash game actually looks like i'll probably maybe at least dip into some of the mostly walking on this one yeah. um just for just for context context yeah. is good to have um but yeah so that's going to be in 2 weeks Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, because then we're getting like dangerously close to the holidays.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, the holiday season is ramping up, so we'll see if we can manage it in two weeks. Hopefully we can. It's supposed to only be like a, you know, three to five hours kind of thing, so...
0: Yeah, I think, look, famous last words. I'm pretty <laughs> confident in myself, in my ability to get this game done yeah. um, over the next two weeks, but we will see. Yep. Um, yeah. In the meantime, you can check us out on Twitter, um, at FeedbackForce, assuming Twitter continues to exist. Um, You can also find me on Twitter, uh, at at KelsoTimeBomb, for pictures of the cat, um, just completely zooted out of his brain on sedatives when we got him back from the vet, um, and also maybe some pictures of his bald little tummy, so there's that.
1: I do want to see those. Um do we have uh like we have a SoundCloud page where all of our uh where all of our stuff gets posted do we have a link to the Discord on the SoundCloud page um because I want people to be so, able to find this if uh
0: Yeah that's true and I have been hesitant to put um put links to the Discord on SoundCloud because I don't know, I feel like SoundCloud has a lot of bots and mm, spam sure. and especially in like comments um but that's something I might I might do anyway. Yeah, if,
1: if Twitter if Twitter implodes, that's find us on SoundCloud.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um and also uh iTunes and Spotify for yep. podcast episodes as well.
1: Yep. And yeah. uh yeah, there's there's I wish there was a better way to like t- to f- discover Discords. Like Discords are far hard to find. Um Anyway, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter uh, while it lasts, I am uh, at Kyla underscore go. Um, I post all my pictures of geckos on uh, Instagram, so you can find me there, Kyla Gorman Fury. Uh, and you can also check out my game, Wintermore Tactics Club, um, which is available on Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. And it's a good game, and you should play it.
2: You should. And I'm Carl. You can find me on Twitter at Go3. Nice. And that's a wrap.
0: That is a wrap. Yeah, we'll be back in a couple weeks, probably. Most likely. Knock on wood. And until then, uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Bye.